This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam McKelvey, who covers the Brewers for MLB.com. Adam, we are a mere few days away from the winter meetings in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we've got a couple of things that we get to talk about on the podcast today. But first, I need your quick, quick thoughts, because I just read an article, and it said that the appropriate serving size for French fries would be six. <laughs> six French fries, Adam. Six. Do you think you could only eat six French fries and walk away? Is that per No, that, that is per meal, per one burger. Six fries. Um, no, that's, that's bonkers. But you know what, Danny? I am, in my old age, sort of anti-potato ah well that's where we differ i and not like not like for health reasons or anything i just like the other stuff more i find myself at the miller park press room buffet yeah. uh getting the the you know the, the asparagus entree and then skipping the potatoes and going to like the yeah asparagus that's or fair like the uh it's or whatever and then you can get more of the two on the end and skip the potato. It just seems like it's well, the thing about it is, is that it's a really specific fry. I feel like I will only indulge in, I'm not going to indulge in weird, like potato, like uh, those crinkle fries. Like they have to be, Oh, crinkle fries. Well, God, okay. Well, we're just off to a rough start right now. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, I could not eat six fries and I thought it was outrageous that that was the serving size recommended. Yeah, for yeah, a french fry but yes i don't eat them yeah. very often but when i do i'm gonna get like extra extra large so and do you know what do you know what the key is eat what you want to eat and then go like go out for a <laughs> that's all you have to do 30 minutes <laughs> like i mean come on this is not that complicated <laughs> should we talk about baseball now Okay. All right. We're going to talk about Jonathan scope first um because okay. it's kind of his story is a little bit interesting so his contract was non-tendered, and David Stearns is now working backwards. I read your article, and basically he's he's talking about who is not going to fill Jonathan Scope's spot, and he also kind of talked about how that deal kind of went sour. It wasn't what he thought it was. So who are the guys who internally and externally you could see filling that spot? And fill us in on kind of what David Stern meant meant by that. Well, uh, look, the first part was last week when the Brewers opted to non-tender Jonathan Scope. This has been, you know, I mean, I feel like, Danny, this is this year's every podcast topic uh, so far has been what are they going to do with this player who they acquired with a year and a half left on uh, of club control and on track to make a, a big salary, you know, something like eight figures had the Brewers gone into arbitration. Well, they made the decision last week because he just really didn't produce for them down the stretch. And they made the decision to non-tender him. And David Stearns was very refreshingly candid in assessing that deal. He said, look, it was a bad deal and that's on me. 
Uh, we made a, it's a big deal for him to say it, that. It is. And, and you know what? It, it's in the context in the, in, up here in Wisconsin where the Packers are having this terrible season on the football field. And there's a lot of, you know, nobody's really standing up and, and saying what the fans want to hear them say. And I think that David Stearns, you know, with that kind of as the backdrop, this was a little bit of ref- uh, a refreshing candor. And it's, it's, it's the reality. And Doug Melvin, when he was GM, would talk about this sometimes. You try to win every trade, but when you're dealing with human beings and so many variables in sports, it's impossible. And there's going to be some deals that you make that you feel like you have all the data, you make the, the smartest decision you could possibly make, and it just doesn't work. This was one of those deals. And for David Stearns, the key was, um, you know, trying to make a decision when to walk away, and they opted to do it now. So to answer the second part of your question, who is going to fill that position? Um, the answer is we don't know right now. But as you alluded to, there's one guy who David Stearns has said will not fill that spot, and it's Keston Hira, their top prospect. He's a second baseman. He has raked in his uh, time since the Brewers drafted him in the first round. Um, he's had one full minor league season. He has not had an at-bat above the double-A level. And yes, he was MVP of the fall league, and he has really looked good offensively. But the, there's two reasons why he's not going to be their uh, opening day second baseman. Number one, would set him up, you know, start his service clock and put him on a path toward, you know, making a lot of money if he's, if he's as good as he looks. And there's no reason the Brewers <laughs> right. feel to rush the beginning of that process because – um, we've seen lots of players over the years and there's examples all over baseball of really good prospects who get rushed to the big leagues and it's to their detriment. And part of developing players is having a feel for the timing of things, having patience with their development and letting them take the necessary steps. And David Stearns has made it very clear that they are going to take those steps with Keston Hira. So just cross him off of the list of candidates for second base. Um, when you do that, it's, it looks like a spot where they're going to have to go outside the organization because they did last week sign Hernan Perez and Tyler Saladino, two guys who were um, arbitration eligible, potential non-tenders. They got them to sign before going down that road. So they are, uh, uh, they are under contract for next season. Those are options. Um, the, The other guy they have is Mauricio Dubon, a middle infield prospect who looked really, really good last season and probably wouldn't have been up to play some shortstop had he not injured his knee. So that's the problem with him is he's coming back from ACL surgery. And, you know, I think they'd probably like to see him get some at-bats in the minor leagues, literally get his legs back under them before they install him as an everyday player at second base. That leaves you with one internal option in Travis Shaw, who played a lot of second base after the Brewers picked up Mike Moustakis and Scope at midseason last year. Um, Shaw looked good at second base. He's a legit everyday bat. He's hit 63 homers over the last two years for the Brewers. But right now, David Stern said this uh, at the end of last week, the default is to put Travis Shaw at third base because there isn't another obvious player to play there and to find a second baseman. So that's the way they're thinking right now. It's a very deep free agent market. There's trade options. Joe Panic signed with the Giants, but he's a trade option. Jason Kipnis, who we've heard lots about on the trade market, a guy like Starlin Castro. There's players available uh, out there, whether it's a free agent, a short-term free agent, or a guy uh, that's available via trade with limited club control remaining. So that seems to me the much more likely path that they take. 
And look, Jonathan Stoke could come back on a list <laughs> yeah. deal. He's a free agent, and he's on he's on that very long list of players. So um, it it was a little refreshing candor, and it at least gave us uh, something to talk about because <laughs> the Brewers are in this position at every other position where you know they kind of have a team set. They've got a pretty young team, a pretty controllable yeah. team. And at least this gives us one big uh, glaring opening to talk about. That's right. Time. That's right. And we're going to get to winter meetings in a second. But we, we want to. I want to look at the overall picture right now, the landscape in baseball, because as we are recording this podcast on December 4th, the news just broke that Patrick Corbin agreed to a deal, six-year deal, $140 million with the Washington Nationals. And so now we start to see the pieces shift a little bit. We saw Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz head to the Mets. So that brings Brings me to my point, the National League East, holy moly, they're stacking up right now. And Andrew Simon of MLB.com just dropped an article, which is he didn't even know about this Corbin deal. So this makes him look amazing, even more amazing. He said that the NL East was the most interesting division. He said the NL Central mm. is the second most interesting. So do you agree that they're number two? Do you think they're going to be number one after the winter meetings after January? Where do you think the Central falls? Well, look, I don't know about ranking them because you can even make a point that the NL West is a, is a pretty fascinating yeah. uh, division right now with the Padres on the rise, the Rockies and Dodgers being, you know, returning playoff teams and the Giants going through this transition with a new GM. So there's a lot going on, I think, in all leagues. I will just say about the Central yeah. that, you know, it's been the Cubs division for a number of years mm-hmm. now. And uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer built a really fantastic team filled with, you know, draft picks, uh, you know, young, controllable players and provided a blueprint, I would say, along with the Astros for teams like the Brewers that followed them into rebuilding to follow. And the Brewers path was obviously very different. It was much quicker. You know, it was not it's it's not apples to apples comparison, but the Brewers now find themselves in a position where they are stocked with a lot of controllable talent. Um, They lost very they lost three free agents and two of them were August 31st pickups last season. So they were a team that was really built for a multi-year window, much like the Cubs were when they first started making their run to the NLCS. And now I think what's interesting about the NL Central is you have two teams at the top and where it's been pretty easy, I think, for the national writers to pick when they do their um, predictions, preseason predictions that we never look back at at the end of the year (laughs) and catch them on. Um, it was pretty easy to, you know, put that Cubs logo on there for the last three, four years. Now I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And it's, that's exciting, it's though. That's what we want. Well, look, that is what you want. Yeah. And, and baseball thrives when you have, you know, different teams competitive and, and where it's, you know, there's been a lot said about the number of teams that quote unquote tank or go into rebuild. But baseball is best when you have, you know, wide, when you have competition for these divisions. And the thing I'll say is, you're, you know, your St. Louis Cardinals are an interesting club too because yeah. they're, they're stocked with a ton of young pitching. They have some big decisions to make. Paul Goldschmidt, you know, we had a lots a of chatter. MLB.com, lots of chatter. That's a great base, you know. So I think we have to see kind of what the Cardinals look like in the end too. And I think the NL Central is going to be interesting in that it's going to be difficult. I think there's going to be a lot of variance in opinion of who is the favorite going into next season. And I would argue that's a good thing. 
Yeah, I think what the most interesting thing is, because we're obviously, this season compared to last, this offseason anyway, we're already seeing moves made, whereas last offseason it was it was so slow and, and so sluggish. But what I think is most interesting is not seeing who teams get, but seeing how they actually collaborate together and come together to be the team they're expected to be once the season starts. I think that the moves are great and flashy and exciting and something we get to talk about, but how do these teams actually come together to make it work? Because you can get the best guy and it may not matter. And I, that's my favorite part is watching it all unfold. And like you said, I mean, the Cardinals, you know, there's a lot of conversations about Paul Goldschmidt. I selfishly, and, and I don't know if I speak for everyone, but I would like, to, I would like to think that the Cardinals do the safe thing. They're, they're a safe team. And, to see them go after a Paul Goldschmidt, who they'd only have control for one year, I would like to see them go for the scary Bryce Harper, take the risk, because they never do that. They, they don't do things like that. And I just want to see them do that one time, take that risk, go after the guy. I feel like he's going to be worth it for at least half of the years you sign him for, if not more. So anyway, that's my two cents, well, which if, don't mean anything. If any of our Brewers fans that probably are listening to this podcast are still listening and haven't clicked away because of your Cardinals <laughs> talk, they would probably like to see them get both of those guys and then have both of the deals blow up. There's, there's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> the, the Cardinals have a knack for making deals that aren't maybe yeah. blockbusters, and then those players play, it seems, above their heads. They become these great players. That's right. Lose, and nobody can quite figure out how that devil magic works. <laughs> but it, 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 I should probably just shut my mouth and, and let John Mosellock do his job. Yeah. That seems to be for the best. But, yeah, that, that is my uh, my two cardinal cents. I haven't got I haven't had a chance to talk to Jen Langosh yet, so um, we're getting my fill in now. But we have one more, we have one more Brewers topic um, to discuss, and that's Jimmy Nelson. And, Adam, I am a sucker for quotes. I don't know if you know this, but I love a good quote. Like, I nerd out on them. And you wrote about Jimmy Nelson and how all he wants is to, quote, be a real person that's all he wants yeah. he missed he missed 2018 uh rehabbing from major shoulder surgery so now he's got his eyes set on spring training what you know you you wrote about this because he was on mlb network so what did you take away from from what you heard from well, really him? the takeaway is that so far so good there wasn't any um news in there that i i don't you know, there wasn't anything unexpected in there. And that was the news. Uh, that's good news for Brewers fans because he was able to close out last year while the Brewers were beginning their playoff run. Jimmy Nelson was just finishing a little stint in the instructional league. Um, he was supposed to pitch in a game and then it, it, it didn't happen. Um, and honestly, I forget what happened there. But for some reason, the game didn't happen. Maybe it rained or something. But anyway, he saw some mm-hmm. hitters. He got back on a mound. And he escaped rehab protocol. They don't do the red jerseys like they do in football for injured players. But like he, he got rid of his injury <laughs> designation. And it meant he could go into an offseason um, as a normal guy. And, you know, take a break, then start to work out again. Ramp, And he's in the process, as we talk, of ramping up towards beginning a throwing program. So, so far, so good kind of was what I took away from that Jimmy Nelson um, interview. He has talked a lot over the last year about um, learning a little bit about himself by having to go through this time on the shelf. 
Yeah, the mental and part, right? And a lot about that. And, you know, player, I think players know that that's a challenge for injured players because they see their friends who go through that. They see teammates go through that and how frustrated they are on the shelf. But, I, I, you know, I mean, hearing from Jimmy Nelson, you hear this from other players too, when you go through it yourself, it really hits home just how miserable it is to be stuck in rehab mode when your team, especially when your team is like the mm-hmm. Brewers did last year, uh, doing something special and could really use you. So I think, you know, for him, he's trying to take the positive out of that, use that as an experience that helps him moving forward in his baseball career and really just his, his life, just appreciate your health and appreciate the good things when they come. Um, he's a very motivated guy going into next season. Now, look, just from a, a, a realism point of view, he is coming back from a very significant repair. Uh, three major repairs mm-hmm. in the shoulder. There are no guarantees that he is going to be the pitcher that he was last year. Um, so there is something of a wild card to Jimmy Nelson as they go into spring training. And the, the is, as it relates to the winter meetings in the offseason, the hard part is they're not going to be able to really know what where he's at until he gets there, until he gets to spring training, until they get towards opening day and they can kind of see how the ball is coming out, what the swings look like, get him in a game situation and how does that look all of those things that he's going to have to all of those hurdles he'll have to clear are going to come in February and March. So the brewers are going to have to make their plans sort of, you know, I don't want to say you don't count on him because he's an important player, but you, you just have to kind of, I, I think of him as kind of like a bonus. If he is Jimmy Nelson again, you're in a really okay. good spot as an organization because you've got this mix now of established guys like Jolice Chassin who's got another year on his deal. And then you've got all these up and coming guys that, that the Brewers showed off in the postseason, often in relief roles. Corbin Burns is a big arm for them. Brandon Woodruff did a lot for himself in the division series in the NLCS. Um, Freddie Peralta did a lot uh, last season to put himself on the organizational map. So all of those guys now, after kind of being hybrid players, pitching as starters and relievers last season, they're all, you th- ideally they're going to be in starting roles. So now you've got this big group of players that could make starts and you know, you're going to need eight, nine, 10 guys. And if Jimmy Nelson can be one of those guys and play a significant role and pitch like he did in 2017, that's a big bonus for this club. So he's, you know, just like Johnny scope has been our storyline to kind of carry us through the winter. I have a feeling Jimmy Nelson is going to be a really big storyline for this team. Once they get down to that, renovated Maryvale baseball park and we get into spring training that's going to be a big part of (laughs) of their prep for next season is kind of see where he's at but again as he said on the network so far so good and that's a very promising thing for the Brewers yeah and kudos on him for talking about the harder parts of rehabbing and, and not playing the game because those are the things I think maybe we need to talk about a little bit more to humanize them and, and not make it seem like you're the only one who's who's feeling that way. It might Maybe it will help them kind of get through the rehab process well, he, he a little bit a, easier. He's a very accessible um, guy, um, especially online. He is a the king of Fortnite. I don't know if they have a king. Do they have a king? Do they have like okay. a... I unfortunately can't I, confirm anything about Fortnite, so this makes me an ultra really loser. Uh, but yeah, I don't, he is, I don't um, know about the king. He's Mr. Fortnite, he could be the king, though. That's fine. Online a lot and doing all <laughs> kinds of stuff with connecting with fans and stuff. So there you go. I'm going to go follow there him right go. now. Let's find him. 
Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy underscore J underscore Nelson. Here he is. So that's him. All right, switching gears to our last and maybe most exciting topic, Adam. You're going to be in Vegas next week, and I'm going to be in Vegas next week. And David Stearns is going to be in Vegas next week, too, (laughs) along with a couple hundred other uh, baseball execs and front office and uh, those who work for uh, Major League Baseball, we're all going to be out in Vegas covering the winter meetings. And that means that things are going to get done. And as I said earlier with uh, another reporter, Adam, what happens in Vegas is not going to stay in Vegas when it comes to these winter meetings. So top of the priority list, I think we already talked about this, but you know, the wish list for David well, look, Stearns and base, as in I that said, front office. kind of the one spot where you can look and see a hole in this roster right now. So that's going to get a lot of attention. And again, the list of guys that is available, just free agency alone, here's some of the names I, I drew up. Marwin Gonzalez, probably he's a Boris guy, super uh, versatile. That, that's more of a longer-term investment. But some of the other second-base guys, Jed Lowry, Daniel Murphy, Brian Dozier, DJ LeMahieu, Josh Harrison, Estrubal Cabrera, Ian Kinsler, Daniel Descalso, Neil Walker, Logan Forsythe, Wilmer Flores, and then you get into the trade guys. There's lots of second basemen, and a lot number of those players sound like the type of guys that could be short-term investments that could bridge the Brewers to whether it's Mauricio Dubon coming back from that knee surgery we talked about or Keston Hira once he gets a little bit of AAA time under his belt and clears all the Super 2 worries and all that stuff. So that's going to be the one thing that really I think you'll hear the most of, about the Brewers uh, in these winter meetings. But David Stearns has every year come up with a trade, every winner, that you didn't see coming. And I guarantee you he's going to do something like that again. The area that I'm looking at, (laughs) even though it's the strength of the team, it was the strength of the team last season, and it still looks like the strength of the team because the core guys are back, is the bullpen. And they have Jeremy Jeffress back. They have Josh Hader still under control. And Corey Knable is an arbitration-eligible guy as well. So those, those are the three guys. But I think that... Um, looking at the way that Craig Council managed his initial outgetters, his starting pitchers down the stretch and into the postseason and the success that they had with that formula, I think there's an opportunity for David Stearns to potentially be aggressive on the relief market. And that can be an expensive market. It's a volatile market. You sometimes, you know, there's not a lot of certainty year to year with those relievers, even established players. But I think there's there may be an opportunity for the Brewers to add sort of a name guy to that group, um, fill that role that Joakim Soria filled for the Brewers after they traded for him um, at in the middle of last season. And now you've got for Craig Council at least four really established guys. Then you've got kind of the mix of, you know, there's a guy like Taylor Williams. There's a veteran, Matt Albers, coming back from just a terrible finish. You've got enough mm-hmm. names in the rest of the mix where – a couple of those players rise to the top and all of a sudden you've got yourself a nice bullpen again. So that's, if I'm looking for maybe a more under the radar area where I could see them adding, it would be that bullpen. And that's an area where there's often tons. I think back to the winter meetings last year, as quiet as that off season was, remember all those relievers signed at the winter meetings last year, Anthony Swarzak and the Colorado Rockies, um, pick, you know, they add yeah. to their bullpen in significant ways in the meetings. So that can be a market that moves a little bit, even though the rest of the market this year is moving a lot faster than it was at this time last year. That relief market is usually pretty fluid. There's sky sign. So I think yeah. that could be that, that's something I sort of have my eye on as we, we head to Vegas. 
Okay. All right. You're going to keep your eyes on that. I'm going to keep my eyes, going to keep my head on a swivel yeah, to see what's crazy. going on out there. My first okay. time in Vegas. So uh, I'm excited. Well, I know. I It's a big one. Birthday have week, you been, uh, winter meetings, Las Vegas. Bay or the, Lux, the Luxor is like connected. So the, that get, that's just a tip. You can get, you know, that's an option for you as well. There's a good burger place right between the two. Okay. Ah. I think dinner's on you one night, well, so you, I'll let you yeah, uh, show uh, me uh, the McDonald's way. It is. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's it is. No, you'll buy me an extra large fry. That's what friends are for. All right, if you need your Brewers fix, head to brewers.com, and it's going to be filled with news and notes in just a few short days at those winter meetings. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. With Adam McAlvey, I'm Danny Wexelman. We'll talk to you guys next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.